The group of 10 young men and three adults slowly made their way up the winding trail, leading to a peak of 11,440 feet. But this was not an ordinary group of hikers out on a winter backpacking trip. These were convicted felons, taking part in a unique opportunity to work out their sentences in a wilderness adventure program. Maybe one would think there would be a daring exploit of escape, but in this case, it is quite the opposite. Why were these street-smart kids in the vast forest of towering pines and spruce? Some of these kids were scared by the eerie quiet. They were indeed out of their element. The disparity of the sounds they heard sharply contrasted those in which they were familiar like the constant noise of motors rumbling and horns honking in traffic and the rushing of people with footsteps pounding and voices chattering. Now they heard the whisper of the breeze in the tops of the trees, birds chirping and the crunch of their hiking boots as they walked on dry leaves and ever-increasing patches of snow. It was very quiet, almost silent much different than the noisy city. For these young men, this new environment was both awe-inspiring and fear-inspiring. These teenage boys and young men came from a life of survival on the city's streets. Gang rivalry, the tension of potential trouble at any moment, and the need to watch your back constantly. Most had a geographic territory, a regular meeting pattern, and collective actions to carry out their illegal activities. City gangs thrive on intimidation. They find violence glamorous, and also necessary in establishing their reputation as groups and persons to be feared. Membership and acceptance in a gang entices many youths to view drinking, drug use, creating havoc and theft, and vandalizing property as a form of fun. It is from this environment that many of these youth felons come. Many of these young people have never been out of the city. Nearly all had never been more than 50 miles from home and had little knowledge of the world beyond their lives in the streets. For these young people who have been caught and convicted of felony crimes, wilderness programs have been conceived. Wilderness and adventure programs have been a therapeutic intervention for adolescents involved in America's juvenile justice systems during the past 50 years. They address emotional, behavioral, and social development. Many youths are referred to a wilderness program to serve as a diversion to deter future offending behaviors, which, if persistent, will likely result in long-term incarceration. Young offenders are carefully screened, given a physical exam, and a psychological interview. Participants are called students because they learn wilderness survival, removing the negative labels and stereotypes of felons, offenders, criminals, and gang members. In the second phase, students learn wilderness survival skills they will need during wilderness hikes and camping. Wilderness travel consists of backpacking, hiking, and camping during summer and winter. Winter activities additionally involve constructing snow cave shelters. Students are closely supervised at all times to not only prevent escape, but to ensure health and safety. Wilderness programs provide complete immersion in an unfamiliar environment, 
group activities, and cooperation that allows growth and success while learning and practicing survival skills. Students learn to step out of their comfort zones. These teens and young men learn the skills necessary to survive in the wilderness. They take part in an extended hike and learn to make their fire and cook their own food. It is often a life-changing experience. Many discover new inner strength and new positive goals, while others realize there are other options beyond city life and the behaviors and poor choices previously chosen. A minister named Steve Hoekstra moved to Vail, Colorado, and took over a backpacking ministry called Recreational Alpine Adventure Trips, shortened to Rat Patrol. The group did two trips a year, each a week long. They took out 10 convicted youth felons per trip. But before each trip, a training program was instituted and lasted for several weeks leading up to the week-long backpacking adventure. Each session began with 30 or 40 teens and young men. Developing and implementing a physical training program was a high priority because the young men needed strength and endurance for the big backpacking trip. Camp sessions were always engaging. Trial and error educated not only the students, but the staff leaders as well. Many things happened on those trips in the beauty of the forests. Some of the participants tried to run away. Hiking staffs had to be collected from the students in the evening so they wouldn't beat each other with them. The students couldn't have access to knives, only forks and spoons. Some hikers were tough game members, but several would start crying when climbing a high-altitude peak. They were so far out of their element and so scared, they froze with fear and declared that they could go no further. The leaders would say, Time for a break and they would sit down and do some team-building games or role-playing. In the end, though, the leaders saw that every one of them summited, and when they did so, accomplishing something they never thought possible, their whole attitude changed. By the time camp training was complete, only 10 or so students usually remained. The majority dropped out voluntarily or were removed from the program for continuous violations or escape attempts. Those that remained were in top physical shape, having spent many hours every day running and exercising. On one winter hike, they went to the ski resort at Beaver Creek and took a chairlift to the top, a completely new experience for them. There was quite a difference in altitude between their starting point and Beaver Creek. They were at 700 feet elevation two days before, and when starting their hike, they were at 10,000 feet. As their elevation increased, they quickly hit snow, severe snow, about waist deep. It was miserable, and the adult leaders soon realized they wouldn't get to their objective that night. But they pressed on, battling the harsh hiking conditions throughout the day. As daylight ran out, they also found themselves out of energy, so they decided to camp on the snow short of their desired destination. Then, the altitude sickness hit. Altitude sickness, or acute mountain sickness, AMS, is common at high altitudes. 
typically 10,000 feet. Symptoms include nausea, headache, dizziness, fatigue, shortness of breath, loss of appetite, poor sleep, and a general feeling of unwellness. The cure is acclimatization or descent. Mild AMS is not serious, and symptoms are primarily a nuisance. In this case, all of the boys started throwing up. They were so uncomfortable and miserable. The guide and two leaders were the only ones who were not sick. The three men set up the tents and got the young men into their sleeping bags. The leaders made hot jello to help get the boys hydrated. The next morning, snow moved into the area, creating blizzard conditions and snow squalls. The leaders knew they had to get all of them down and out of the snow. The group began the trip down the mountain, but came upon a very steep field with giant boulders sticking out of the snow. The kids looked down and were paralyzed with fear by the seemingly impossible path before them. They yelled, We can't do that! We can't do that! Oh yes you can, replied the leaders. You don't have a choice. There is no other way. We are camping down there tonight. Just head for the bottom. So they took off with the guides, and all were down on all fours, carefully and slowly crawling on the snow, weaving around the rocks. But there was one young fellow who stopped around a third of the way down. He was a gang leader. Frozen and paralyzed by fear, he refused to continue to move. The leaders tried to encourage him to keep moving, but he wouldn't budge. They tried for around 45 minutes to talk him into continuing, and he still wouldn't move. One of the leaders said, You know what? I'm not going to stay up here with you. If you die, I'll give you a good funeral, but you are on your own. Good luck. I hope you make it, and I'll see you at camp if you do. So the leader began his descent to camp, leaving the boy behind. But unbeknownst to the kid, the leader went down only about 20 to 30 yards and crawled behind a bunch of boulders to watch him. The leader, of course, wasn't going to abandon the boy alone in the woods. The young man stood in the boulder field, nearly waist deep in snow, bawling like a baby. Still standing there with tears streaming down his face, he said a prayer, asking God to save him. God answered that prayer. The kid finally started down and began to realize that he really could do it. The leader stayed out of sight and worked his way down, keeping a close eye on the young man the whole time. When it was clear he would make it down to camp, the leader descended quickly to the camp to await his arrival. When this young man walked into camp at the bottom of the boulder field, he had the biggest smile of accomplishment on his face. The other kids were truly excited for the young man, congratulating him, Woo! slapping him on the back. He had accomplished something big. It was the first time in his life that he had to face himself and confront his own helplessness. He beamed through the remainder of the trip. For the rest of the week, and most assuredly the rest of their lives, a new sense of accomplishment and satisfaction welled through the students, now all confident in their newfound skills. When the group returned back to the training center, this young man in particular 
had a new attitude and purpose in his life. Wilderness hiking and camping are excellent forms of recreation for many across the world. Some have found backwoods environments, lessons, and resources beneficial for rehabilitation not only of their personal health and well-being, but those who need to address life-altering choices, which, left unaddressed, could lead to long-term incarceration. For those lucky individuals with the ever-decreasing opportunity to participate in such a program, let us hope they find themselves in the wild. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared because you never know when you may find yourself in the wild. Thank you.